First and goal, Vikings handoff, Alexander Madison up the middle, touchdown! Touchdown, Minnesota Vikings! No cook, no problem. It's Madison's first touchdown this season, and it's 30-16, Minnesota. This is the ball game here. Watson. Whoa, what a one-handed attempt! But what an effort by Fuller to get a hand on the ball and reel it in, and I don't know. What is up, Vikings fans? This is Chris Corso here to say that the Vikings have won their first game of the season, a photo finish at the end of the game, 31-23, to as Will Fuller's touchdown pass is overturned in the end zone, and the Vikings win the game, move to 1-3 and on the season. Super exciting, probably not as easy on Vikings fans as we would have liked, but with that, I bring in sideline reporter Ben Lieber and Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson. Man, that was some finish. Ben, he finally got a victory for Mr. Gabe Henderson as an employee of the Minnesota Vikings. What were your initial takeaways from this game? Well, first of all, congratulations to Gabe. I mean, I I wouldn't want it any other way. It was a fantastic finish. I think there was some uh, there was some puckering going on at the end of the game, and there was a little bit of nervousness and anxiety. What a way for Gabe to get his first win. I just wish it was happening here at U.S. Bank Stadium with like a full crowd, and you could kind of feel the whole thing. But uh, congratulations to him. But listen, um, once again, we got offensive balance. I mean, it, it's amazing to see you know what an offense looks like and how successful you can be and point, put points on the board when you've got two receivers that go off. You get Dalvin Cook running around a little bit. You know, Cousins, uh, you know, showing his accuracy down the field, his big playability, and then I think that you've got all of a sudden now a defense, you know, regardless of all the injuries and guys, starters out of the lineup, the defensive front's playing better. They're starting to figure out. And our young secondary, I think we've got a nice thing going here with Dantzler and Gladney, two young rookies that I think are starting to figure it out. And I think more importantly, the coaches are starting to figure out what coverages are best for them and that showcased, uh, showcased those guys today. Speaking of the defense, it seemed like they started to lose some momentum in the second half following a Harrison Smith ejection, but Gabe, they came up when we needed it the most. They did, and you, I think Mike Zimmer did a great job calling the defense today. Um, that last drive, of course, we saw Deshaun Watson make you know some unbelievable throws you know the the Vikings did a good job in coverage and Deshaun Watson he's really good with his legs and he was able to extend plays and on that last drive we saw him do that I mean Deshaun Watson he he got that contract extension for uh, a plethora of reasons and that last drive showed and it came down to the last play and like like Ben said it was it was a lot of you know a lot of people holding their breath and when, you know, Will Fuller, when, the, when they overruled that term, overruled that call and they called it, you know, incomplete and turnover on downs, I think it, it was a huge sigh of relief. But the, the Vikings held up and they held strong, um, especially on third down today. Um, the, the, the Houston Texans, I think they were 26 percent on third down today, three of 12. And you, you got to chalk your hat up to, you know, these these play callers on defense who did a great job. I want to get more into the defense later, but it's hard to start off this show and not get to Dalvin Cook like right away because, man, it seemed like he just dictated the pace of this game. 79 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. A career high in rushing attempts, Ben. 
What did the Vikings do to get number 33 going early? Well, I think they did a good job of just sort of window dressing a lot of their runs, you know, going back to, to watch the film study of their defense, you know, they, they didn't not, they don't handle a lot of pre-snap motion very well, whether it's by receivers, whether it's by tight ends, and then even post-snap, you know, bring in, bring in pulling guards on counters and powers. They just have a hard time in the back seven sort of identifying those guys, getting the right fits. And so that was sort of the, um, the approach going into this game was let's give them, give them a lot of pre-snap window dressing. And we saw that with some jet sweep action. We saw tight ends in, in motion and moving across the line of scrimmage. And so I, I think it was the, the play setup, the play design before the snap of the ball that was just enough to get Dalvin to find some creases and just enough for the offensive lineman to get some angles on those big guys up front. And, and, you know, obviously Dalvin just does some things that only Dalvin can do. You know, he, he does uh, create a lot of positive yards out of what would be maybe a negative yard situation or a no gain. Um, so it's a combination of just him being special. And I think a combination of the, the offensive play calls just working out. When you look at this game, Dalvin Cook, it was the yards after being touched by the Texans' defense. I don't think there's a play where you saw that better, Gabe, than his second touchdown of the game. Yeah, I think well, wasn't that the one where he stiff-armed the guy in the end zone? He basically broke out of the tackle on the five-yard line and then used his speed to burst around the left corner and then stiff-arm, I can't think of who the cornerback was, around the, the, the left sideline. And Dalvin Cook, he basically put the team on his back today. Uh, with you know 27 carries, 130 yards, he has over 300 rushing yards in the past two games. Like <laughs> giving Dalvin Cook the ball helps in time of possession. Giving Dalvin Cook the ball, like he's our identity as an offense. And we we saw so many runs today where Dalvin Cook just <laughs> he basically he was the only per- I wouldn't say the only person playing, but he broke two or three tackles to extend the play that you know that I, I, and not many other running backs in this NFL can do. When the Vikings running game gets going, it seems like there's two wide receivers that also benefit, and that was the case in this game. The Vikings became the first ever team in franchise history since the year 2000 to have two wide receivers with 100 receiving yards as well as a running back with 100 rushing yards. So, Ben, what was it that got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen going in this game? Well, again, I think it's the the offensive approach and the game plan, you know, worked perfectly. I mean, I got to give uh, Kubiak and the staff a lot of credit. You know, they they're identifying what our players do really well, and namely Justin Jefferson and his ability to sort of run away from defenders. You know, the little the little play action pass game. It's not really a boot; it's more of a waggle, just to give uh, Cousins a little bit different look with the play action. He's still in the pocket, but then you're allowing the receivers and namely jets to sort of go from one side of the field to the other and he's showcasing his speed it's really hard against play action pass for these guys these cornerbacks to uh, to jump on his hip and match him stride for stride and then again you've got the accuracy from cousins to throw the ball right where it needs to go and and i think when the running game is clicking and again you're you're seeing how the identity we talked about the identity of this team where was it the first couple of weeks we were asking for it last week and we finally got it I think this is the identity is every defense now is going to have to say, oh, we got to stop Dalvin Cook. But also now we've got two guys as far as receivers that can take the top off the defense. So now you put the defense in a lot of conflict about who to, who to you know, who's the primary guy you have to stop. And it's going to make it tough for a lot of guys from here on out. We saw it last week, a, a record performance for the Vikings offense. It just seems like there's too much talent 
with with a young Justin Jefferson emerging as a star in this league. We saw the Adam Thielen fire screaming at one of the Texans defenders following a face mask penalty. So, Gabe, I think this has to be a positive sign going forward for the future of this Vikings offense. For sure, Justin Jefferson provides that that spark that this offense needed. We we knew Dalvin Cook is the, the heart and soul of this offense, but that that extra spark, that that other person that can make a play, you know, with the loss of Stephon Diggs, and we found that in Justin Jefferson, he had three catches for 24 plus yards today. I think three of three of his four catches were on third downs, or I, I believe two of those catches were third down conversions, and th- that says a lot, you know, that that spark. Um, I think it was what a third and eight, third and nine, where. He um, went up in double coverage and, and came down with the ball. Like the, that, that was a huge drive. Like that, that drive led to points. And with, without Justin Jefferson making some of those plays, you, <laughs> this offense is still trying to, you know, stay on the field. And having 36 and a half minutes time of possession today, that, that's just a, a um, it basically shows how balanced we were. And it basically showed that, hey, like we're, we're forced to be reckoned with. I know I said that last week, a force to be reckoned with, but actually putting, you know, a, a two solid two solid games where you have, you know, productive offense together. Like you have a productive offense, two solid games. That, that says a lot right there. You know, teams are going to be keying in and start taking a serious. Now, those first two weeks, it was, you know, us trying to figure out what, what are we, who are we? And now you got Justin Jefferson. I, I like to call it the big three. And then you got play action Kirk. You got the big three, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and uh, Justin Jefferson. And then Kirk Cousins calling the shot, Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk looked different than the past. It's, he said he had to start out fast in this game. He said he couldn't make a mistake. I think he did both of those things. So, Ben, did you see a different Kirk Cousins out there today? You know, I I did. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, markedly different than what we've I think we're seeing a more consistent Kirk Cousins, and that's all we really need for this offense is we're going to run the football, we're going to set up the play-action pass, and then when needed, we need you to slide around the pocket and make a few plays and extend some plays. Now, did he take some sacks? Yes, but part of that, I believe, was just on their 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 defense. You got to tip their cap, too. They, they caught us uh, sometimes not adjusting to the zone coverage, and there just wasn't a window to throw into. And I think that we've learned with Kirk, he's not going to try to make a lot of risky throws. So if the throw is not there in, the, in, in that particular down and distance, he's not going to throw the ball away and risk turning the ball over. So he will take a sack. Um, I would like to see him at times throw the ball away, you know, throw the ball at the foot of the receiver just so you don't get intentional grounding, just to, live, to play another down. But I think those things we're going to have to live with, given the fact that He's making more plays with his legs, sliding around. I mean, we saw the fourth and one, you know, quarterback run play to the left. I mean, nobody was expecting that. Those are little wins of confidence, I think, for him. And it gets him to play and process at a faster speed. And, you know, we've seen what it looks like when he plays with a sense of urgency. Yeah, Kirk completed 16 of 22 passes for 260 yards. I think there was no other play that showed how decisive he was in this game than that touchdown he threw to Adam Thielen on a third down, a nine-yard touchdown. Play action just darted it past the Texans defender. So really positive game for the Vikings quarterback after a tough start to this season. But looking at this game, Coach Zimmer said the big thing was time of possession. And finally, 36-31 was the time of possession for the Vikings. First time they win that stat this season, Gabe. Uh, I think it starts with a huge play on special teams. I mean, a turnover for the Penn State sprinter. Yeah, that was huge. That's a 10-point spread right there. 
Uh, the Houston Texans can go down and score seven points. However, we force a turnover on a punt. Mike Boone with the with the big hit on that play, and then Dan Tercina with just a heads up play of diving on the ball. So we go down and score three points. Like that that was a huge change in momentum right there. And and it looked like we never <laughs> turned back until Harrison Smith got that um, helmet helmet ejection. But that that turnover right there was huge. We all knew going into this game that the Houston Texans, they, had, they hadn't forced a turnover all year. So we knew we had to keep the ball. But to be able to force a turnover on special teams, that just shows how important special teams are right there. I mean, special teams wins, wins ball games. I mean, that, that's, that's a huge spread right there. And just like I said, just a heads up play right there. And, and we, we needed that boost. So Gabe, you mentioned the Harrison Smith ejection play. A huge momentum shifter for the Vikings defense. The head coach isn't happy on the sideline. Neither was number 22, the the leader of this Vikings defense. So, Ben, how did this team respond? All these young defensive backs, George Iloka off the practice squad playing as the center fielder of this defense. How did they respond to that that big play in this game? (laughs) Well, you know, soon after that, not real well, to be honest with you. You know, they, they, the Texans identified Iloka as the safety now. They understood that he was going to be inexperienced and probably uh, swimming mentally and not processing as fast. And, and they got him on a couple of days. And, and the, the good thing is you saw the, the Vikings defense adjust rather quickly after that. It was, okay, we can no longer trust him to be in that Harrison Smith role where he's deep center field or deep half the field, then come down into the box and be a run defender or start in the box and run back to be that sort of center fielder. That's not really what we can ask from him today. So you saw a lot more of Anthony Harris after that, being that guy that's in the box, being the run support defender, being the guy on the edge and leaving George just more in the center of the, of the field. And, and it seemed to work out. So again, the coaching was there. There was recognition uh, on their part. All right, we have to make some changes. We have to make some changes on the fly. And thankfully, we have an experienced guy like Anthony Harris that can come down and play that other safety spot. Before we let Ben go, I want to talk about the two final drives. Of course, Ben's going to answer the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings. But starting with the Vikings' last touchdown drive, it's 24-16. to And Gabe, Dalvin Cook goes down with a tough little tweak And he doesn't come back in the game for a few plays, but it's Alexander Madison who again spells him with a four-yard touchdown. Huge play and drive for the Vikings to win this game. Yeah, and that's why you and that's why you got a great backup like Alexander Madison to come in and to pick up where where Dalvin Cook left off. I mean, there there's they're two different style of running backs, but Dal, but Alexander Madison can come in and hold his own. We know him for hurdling hurdling defenders, but when he has to put his head down and and get an extra yard, he he does that and we saw that today and hats off to to Alexander Madison. Of course, the stat stat sheet, you know, seven carries, 17 yards, one touchdown doesn't really show uh, the impact that he had. But when when your backup comes in, all you want to do is not not lose that edge. And when he came in, he he, the the offense didn't lose any edge. His pass blocking, um, his, you know, running in between tackles, just just certain things that he does just just goes undervalued. And Heads up to that O-line on that drive, too. It's like we saw Dakota Dozier, like they, they just start running behind Dakota Dozier and that, that touchdown run. Garrick Bradbury and Dakota Dozier, and um, like they basically got a push. And you just say, hey, until the Texans can stop this, like we're just going to run it up, run it down your throats. And hats off to the O-line there. But, you know, Alexander Madison, hell, hell of a day for him, even though the stat sheet doesn't show. As you said, Ben, we see a bunch of miscues with this Vikings secondary in this game. Kenny Stills catches a 24-yard touchdown, makes it a one-score game. 
Vikings fans start to start to get a little weary on their couches all over Minnesota and on the final the final drive. It seemed like they just stepped up when they needed to the most. Yeah, we've seen that from uh, this defense really the whole year. Their red zone defense, you know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but feel really solid. You know, they they are playing this bend but don't break attitude, and then the team's kind of you know even even the high red zone before they get to the 20 the defense sort of buckles down and we forced a lot of field goal opportunities and and those are wins for the defense at times and and that was kind of the same thing that happened this week I I think that they were a little worried with the young corners getting beat over the top because it happened a couple times in the game you know Gladney you know just just missed with the jam and then uh, and then stills get gets behind him you know so I think there was a little bit of a tentative nature about like all right Let's keep everything in front of us. Just do not get beat deep on a home run ball. And the Texans sort of took advantage of that. You know, they, they had some soft throws over the middle of the field. They attacked on the, the outcut routes uh, towards the sideline, you know, really well just by pressing up field vertically and then putting their foot in the ground and allowing Watson a, an easy throw. So I think it was a little bit of the defense just not wanting to give up the home run ball. And again, they said, hey, we can rely on our defense like we have all year once we get inside this tight red zone that we're going to buckle down now. We're going to make it really hard for, for the teams to score. And once again, you know, thankfully, it was a slightly errant throw. They couldn't haul in the, the one-handed catch, and that was the difference in this ball game. So um, I do want to go back and, and talk about what you just asked about with Gabe in that Look at the way the Texans' defense and their lack of response at the end of the game when they need to bow up and stop the running game. And that's the importance of running the football. You know, sometimes you may not see the success in the first and second quarter, but as the game goes, it goes along, I can tell you from a defensive standpoint, as a defensive player, it, it wears on you, you know, to, to hit these offensive linemen all the time, to see all the, the window dressing, to have your mind constantly processing and playing a physical brand of football. You get into the third and fourth quarter, that's where you wear down defenses. And I think the Texans were worn down and we took advantage. And that's what you have to do to win games and close out games. 147 rushing yards for the Vikings offense. And you're right, Ben. I love what Gary Kubiak, the plays that he designed and ran today. It was kind of similar to watching the Chiefs play uh, last Monday night on Monday Night Football and some of the window dressing they were doing um, before the play. Andy Reid, we know that he's as good at at that as anybody in the NFL. So, Ben, I'm going to come right back to you for this. The dreaded trip to Seattle is up next, and the 1-3 and three Vikings are almost in a must-win game on national TV next week. So how do we, how do we look at that game and, and get a W? Well, I don't think you try to do anything extra special. You just kind of stick with your formula as far as your identity on offense. Um, this is a Seahawks defense that has given up a lot of yards through the air. So you, you do have that in your favor. Uh, but the one thing that does worry me a little bit is, you know, defensively, we just don't handle power rushing teams all that well. And, and even, even with our full complement of players from last year and the years before, when they, when they decide to go downhill and mash on us, we have a problem stopping it. So to me, early on, without watching a lot of film on them, that seems to be the thing that I, the, the theme I'm going to roll with is we have to be great stopping the run, stopping those big, powerful backs from going downhill because they make life really easy for Russell Wilson. Well, that'll do it for the initial reaction of this Vikings postgame report. Gabe, we finally got you your first win, and hopefully it's the, the domino effect for the Minnesota Vikings-Gabe uh, connection here, and we can stop making this joke every week. 
I think I'm going to sit in the booth every Sunday from here on out. I sat in the booth with Mark Rosen today, and I think that's the recipe for success. So going forward, that's where I'll be. Moving on, we bring in Vikings.com's Cy Amundsen, and Gabe Henderson is still here. We're going to start out this segment the way that we haven't been able to before, and that is with Coach Zimmer's post-game locker room victory speech from NRG Stadium. You guys battled your ass off today. I'm proud of hell as hell of you. You look like a, a, a team way to compete. We get a turnover on, on, uh, on the punt. We uh, get a bunch of three and outs. The offense goes down and, and scores after they score. And then we, we end up stopping them on, on fourth down. Um, to win the game. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a job. Mike's on three. One, two, three. Well, Gabe, the head coach sounds happy following a game this year, something that has not happened thus far. The one and three Vikings have a victory speech. And if you're a head coach, you're happy anytime your defense holds the opposing offense to 26% on third down. And then you force a turnover on special teams, especially when you have two receivers that go over 100 yards and then Dalvin Cook has a 100-yard game. Three hundred. Just speaking of Dalvin Cook, 311 rushing yards in two games. You're, you're, a happy, you're a happy head coach at that point. And, well, ultimately you get a win against a team that was in the playoffs last year. We touched on it earlier in the show. Dalvin Cook was a happy man because he had a ton of rushing attempts in this game. Let's hear from the Vikings running back what he had to say following the big win. Yeah, um, you got guys making making plays downfield. You know, we know what Adam brings to the table. You know, Jefferson, you know, he's shown why we took him in that, at that pick. You know, I think he had like four catches for like 100 and some yards. And, you know, that's a guy that can create some, create some plays and some different matchups. And, you know, he's taking a lot of pressure off Adam. And, you know, this offense can, can go wherever we want to go. We just got to keep working and, and not be complacent. Just, just keep chipping away at it. We talked about Dalvin breaking tackles. We talked about when the running game gets going, the receivers step up and make big plays. But, Cy, I think Kirk really opened up in this game. He was decisive. The play-action pass was working. And he took some shots downfield that were really on display in this game. Yeah, and that's, you know, Kirk played well, and I, you don't take any credit away from him, but I think that's a large indicator that Dalvin Cook's presence was felt in more ways than just being handed the ball. I, I said in a preseason uh, episode of our podcast this year that the way this offense should look, if you're a Vikings fan, the thing that you should be most excited about if you get to week four now or week eight is downfield shots to your one and two wide receivers off play action. Because if that's happening, that means Dalvin is getting established early, teams are worried about it, and it's giving Kirk that time in the pocket that he doesn't always have uh, with the way the offensive line can kind of ebb and flow in the passing game. So, yeah, when Dalvin runs it really well, like he has the last couple weeks, Kirk and the wide receivers are going to benefit massively. And another point, Cy, the, the Vikings were four of five in the red zone today. That's 90%. And, and then the Vikings, if, if you want to take a positive from each game this year, the Vikings have been phenomenal in the red zone. And they continued that today. And th that's one thing where, you know, if, if you're not winning games, 
you want to make your weaknesses your strengths, but your strengths, you want to keep those your strengths and keep building on from there. And the offensive has sustained consistency in the red zone. And it's been exciting to see and hats off to the O-line for basically, you know, having that mentality of, hey, when we get at the 20 yard line and in, like we're going to get the ball in the end zone. Worst case scenario, we're going to score three points. Back to what I was saying, I think it what you said complements exactly what I was saying. They got into the red zone and they kept running. I mean, when you get in the red zone and you're not scared to run and you run successfully, the other team has to go, I mean, they're, they are going to do this all day. And then you open up opportunities down the field for Thielen and Jefferson. Opportunities down the field. Justin Jefferson follows his 175-yard game with another 100-yard-plus receiving game. Let's hear from the Vikings superstar rookie wide receiver. Justin, Adam Thielen, uh, I don't know if you saw the cameras, caught him breaking out the gritty dance. What's your <laughs> review of his uh, ability? Oh, I was dying laughing. Um, it's, it's funny that he has that that energy and that characteristic uh, traits, but uh, it's funny to, to go out there with Adam and to have fun and uh, to, to dance around a little bit. Well, Jefferson was not just a flash in the pan following the big week last week. He follows it up again, as we said. Seems like the confidence is building. I'm being optimistic here. I think that there is a huge ceiling for the Vikings rookie wide receiver. Gabe, how high does the ceiling go? I think if he keeps at this pace right now, last week seven catches, 175 yards. This week four catches, 103 we can be talking rookie of the year candidate right now. Like th- this guy has burst onto the scenes and he is making a statement. And like I said last week, the training wheels are off. There, There's no regression from this point. We, we saw BC Johnson in there. BC Johnson is going to come in and make plays, but this is Justin Jefferson's wide receiver number two slot. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a, is, he's special. We put it that way. He's special. Is there anything, I, I, I don't want to sound corny, but is there anything more exciting as an NFL fan than having a young, like, budding superstar wide receiver? Maybe, like, a young superstar quarterback, but it's, it's hard to find that. Vikings have, I said it last week, we went through Laquan and we went through Cordero and on and on and on and on to, to finally hit on a first-round wide receiver and have him prove that last week wasn't a fluke. And again this week, it wasn't just a singular style of reception. They're not just sending him on a go route and having, like, let's heave it deep a couple times and see what happens. They're putting him all over the field. They're heaping a lot of responsibility on him in terms of the sort of routes he's running, and he's responding. You know, you said he had four catches today, but I think his presence was felt on the field just from a a route standpoint, just from the fact that he was out there, the defense had to pay attention to him. And I think you saw Adam Thielen get a little pressure taken off of him today because the defense had to focus on another guy. And that's almost as exciting as the 100-yard game. Interesting stat. I was just looking. Whenever Justin Jefferson had a catch, he had one catch on four different drives. All four of those drives resulted in a touchdown. And by the way, he averaged 23 yards per catch. So you can't ask for anything better than that. Definitely a good day for Jefferson and a good day for the Vikings offense in return. Next week, we move forward and we are playing the dreaded game in Seattle on primetime television. The combination has not been one that the Vikings have succeeded with in the past few seasons. So 
Gabe, how do we keep this train rolling? I mean, I feel the positivity. I feel the momentum. I want to keep this thing going. Well, you got to keep giving the ball to Dalvin Cook. You got to keep getting Dalvin Cook going. Last year, of course, we all know is when he got injured in that Seattle Seahawks game. So if he stays healthy, you keep pounding the ball to him. Before he got hurt last year, he had not against the Seahawks. He had nine carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. Give him the ball and then play action. I think, like I said, I got a new nickname for Kirk. I'm not calling him Kirk Cousins anymore, Captain Kirk. I'm calling him Play Action Kirk. Whenever you get Kirk in play action, it's going to be a successful play. So get Play Action Kirk in, a, in his own rhythm and get Dalvin Cook the ball, and I think we'll be fine. Chris, one thing, I keep mentioning what I said last week because I'm never right about anything. So in the rare instances that I make a smart point, I am going to hammer it home the week following. I thought after last week's game, even though it was a loss, I said, this feels more like the team that we thought we'd see, or at least a glimpse of it, a team that can build in the right direction. And I think you saw a lot of those things you saw last week, both positive and a few negatives. You saw them again this week. It's just this week, we found a way to win the game. So now you go into Seattle, a place that we have struggled mightily for the past few years, but that Seattle defense is vulnerable. They gave up a lot of points to the Dolphins, a lot more than they should have given up to the Dolphins, in my opinion. I think it's purely about execution. You got to eliminate any mistakes, and then you have to go out there on an offense. You're going to have to execute, and I don't want to heap it all on play-action Kirk here because uh, you have to get Dalvin going. You have, to, you have to execute. You have to be smart. You have to play low penal- penalty football, but we should be able to compete, and this is the sort of situation where our stud quarterback needs to come out and make a couple of really big-time throws and, and more importantly, just lead a couple of really big-time drives because Russ is playing as well, if not better, than every other quarterback in the league this year. I mean, he's Mahomes level, and he's going to punch you in the face a few times. So... We need to come out. We need to be ready to respond. And I think uh, the QB is a big part of that. Russell Wilson having not just the best season of anyone in the league, but he has the best start of all time through as many games as the Seahawks have played. And obviously they have not lost. So the Vikings will be going into a team with a great home field advantage, fans or not, on Sunday, October 11th at 8.20 p.m. on NBC you will find your Minnesota Vikings playing a huge game as they get ready for that bye week coming up. That'll do it for this week of the Vikings.com postgame report for Ben Lieber, Cy Amundsen, and Gabe Henderson with his first victory as a member of the, of the Minnesota Vikings. That'll do it for this week's Vikings postgame report. <laughs>